sick of this. Get those Just Eat fools on the line from me. We're gonna do this doggy style. This place ain't blessed. This place is a mess. Disgusting. Pottery? Very useful. Anthony, people will always need plates. Or mash, get smashed. Hello and welcome to Fads. I don't know whether to call this episode two or episode three because we're splitting it up. Yeah, that's correct. We are now, we've decided that for everyone's benefit, we will split it up into one week covering news and then the next week covering a specific advert. Yeah, because that first one we did where we mushed it all into one episode... I don't know about you, but I was absolutely exhausted. My face hurt. Yeah, your brain gets too much information. And if our brains are getting that fried recording it, it can't be nice for people to listen to either. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this is a good plan to go on with. Yeah, I think so too. So this is our second news round for fads. It's for... Yeah, so this is our news round for Friday the 25th of September. I don't know when this will come out, but it will be around then. And should we just jump straight into our first news story? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so our first news story this week in the world of advertising is that TikTok has introduced blanket restrictions on weight loss claims and unrealistic depictions of body image across all advertising on the platform. Yeah, so this is like a direct response to weight stigma and body shaming posts and the ban follows the heightened recognition of the issues during COVID-19 and will be backed up by new policies, stricter user controls and external partnerships. Yes, and if anyone doesn't really know what that would entail, they've given a few specifics. So one is they're going to be outlawing fasting apps and diet supplements. They're going to limit promotion of weight management products to users aged 18 and over. Stricter limits on weight loss and implied weight loss claims will also be imposed. That one, I don't really understand. I mean, you're not allowed to say you've lost weight. Well, I guess it's not. It's it's something like when you see weight loss adverts, they often give that like before and after. And they say, you know, that this person has lost this amount of weight through following this program Uh, you can't really back that up you can't really say like for sure that somebody has lost that weight through this weight loss program it could be you know you could take show two pictures but they are like from three years apart that reminds me have you seen that that episode of new girl where the, the roommate goes to a fashion shoot for a before and after, and she's the after, and then there's a girl who looks just like her, but she's the before. Oh, yes, I have seen that episode. That that always, whenever I see one of those before and afters now, I think, I wonder if that's what they've done. Mm. So it, it is interesting that they're clamping down on that. Yeah, because, I mean, for TV adverts, they have quite strict regulations about what you can put on a TV advert, which is why a lot of them have that really fine print at the bottom, mm. which is telling you like all the specifics of a study that was done. If they say that there was a study or how long apart the before and after photos are taken, but on social media mm. stuff, like TikTok is basically a social media app. There's no regulation. Like if a YouTuber is promoting a product, 
yeah. they're kind of giving their opinion on it, but they might present that like it's fact. And there's no regulating body to say, look, you're just telling flat out lies. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was confused. Cause I thought if this is like YouTube where people just sort of, you know, they're being pl- paid to endorse it. How are they going to regulate whether someone has actually lost weight or not? Yeah, I, I think that's the whole problem is that you know, people mm. are giving their endorsement um, but that's not necessarily the truth. That's not necessarily factual in any way. Yeah, I think this is it's a really good step in trying to tackle it because I think it's so nuanced. I don't see how they could do it 100%, but this is a good step. I mean, I also think about TikTok's user age. Like, there are a lot of older people that are using TikTok, but there are also yeah. a lot of very young people watching videos on TikTok. I'm talking, like, people under 12. They're not going to be in a position where they can question what's happening on a video in the same way that like someone who's in their 20s is going to. Yeah. Like young teenagers and young like yeah, people going through puberty that that age group, they're very conscious about their bodies, but they maybe don't have the wider information to say, "Oh, well, this person is saying something on social media, but they might be lying to me. They're probably thinking this this celebrity that I like is saying that this is a good product. I'm going to use this product. Yeah, I agree with that. I think people just blindly believe stuff when they're younger. I'm I'm for mm. I'm for sure that I did. Same. And I and now I'm a lot more critical when I see a YouTuber. Yeah, and I mean, I've tried. I've I still go on like those weight loss videos, and I don't use TikTok, but I still look at all those weight loss claims and I still look at all those products. I remember trying that skinny tea once. Such a waste of money. That was £30 down the drain because I was believing that if I drink this tea, I'll I'll lose some weight. Yeah, but I mean, when you really think about it, there's no logic like that a tea is going to make you lose weight unless Absolutely there's some kind none. of scientific chemical in there, in which case it's probably not going to be good for you. No, I mean, it It didn't even act as a laxative. It was literally just like a cup of tea. I don't think it did a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of like problems with weight loss and dieting. I think I was I was talking to a friend recently about this, this like fad diet that was all about eating 35 bananas a day, nothing else. Oh and it's my like, gosh. you can't live on just bananas. I know no, that that's... It, it wouldn't work. It's, it's complete sugar. It would do the opposite. Yeah, like bananas are basically just sugar and potassium. Yeah. You can't, you can't live on 35 bananas a day. You will like starve your body of things that it needs. I mean, this is not, this is not a diet product. This is like one of those crazy celebrity diets, but... It's a fad. <laughs> a, a diet product. They can be similar, like... I, mean, I don't it it yeah. all comes under that restrictive lifestyle I think yeah I, I think people also like they buy these products and they think they're gonna lose this weight and then when they don't lose the weight mm. they feel like they're to blame somehow and that's awful it's the whole cycle like I feel like it's coming more into the media now people are talking about the cycle of dieting and how it just never works even if you lose the weight eventually you can't sustain that way of life and you put it back on yeah, because you're not, you're not actually developing better lifestyle habits, like going to the gym or cutting out like snacks and things. No. You're just going for like a quick fix. And a quick fix is never going to last. No. 
And what's good about this TikTok thing is that it's now partnering up with the National Eating Disorder Association in the US to connect people seeking support within the app to external resources. That's amazing. <laughs> like They're trying hard. Like I don't see Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest even doing these sort of things. TikTok seems to come under a lot of scrutiny. Mm. So our next article is about O2's new mascot, which is a little blue robot called Bubble. That's B-U-B-L. They had to be different with the name. I mean, I think they're going for like that sci-fi, like R2-D2, C-3PO, kind of like shortening it down because it's a robot name. Yeah, they're trying to make it a bit... What's the word? Like, you t- no. Is it utopia? What's the word when it's like a dystopian, like a dystopian sort of robot? I mean, isn't dystopia when it's all like horrible and... Oh, right. No, I got it wrong. No. <laughs> no dystopia is like, is like um, the Terminator. Okay, forget that. It's cute. They're trying to be cute. <laughs> yeah, it's trying to be like futuristic, I guess. And mm. sci-fi. Yeah, so this is the story that last week O2 introduced a new brand positioning that celebrates the importance of connectivity while underscoring O2's commitment to its customers. And they're doing this by using a little blue robot. Yeah, this little blue robot. I think the idea is that it's, well, in uh, their chief marketing officer's words, which is Nina Bibby, it's absolutely essential that brands show relevance and empathy to customers right now. So they developed this new character who's supposed to be an endearing little blue robot that Bibby, the marketing officer, believes is an embodiment of the brand. Yeah, it's it's quite a name as well, my Nina Bibby. But I think... <laughs> I, it... I keep getting confused because I keep thinking Bibby is the name of the robot. Yes, that's what <laughs> I thought when I was reading it. I was like, Bibby is saying this? <laughs> but yeah, it, it does scream that they're trying to evoke some emotion in the viewers yeah yeah i mean the ad that premieres the the new robot is called you and me it came out on september 12th but on the o2 youtube channel and it's it's essentially just a series of scenarios where humans need help and bubble is there for them in a very mundane and inconsequential way it's just he is symbolizing a phone is what i'm getting yeah i mean when i watched the advert he's just there for Mm. for me watching it I'm like I don't empathize with his character necessarily because he's just there like yeah like a cushion on your sofa is there yes like the first time round watching it I had I had no idea what his role was I didn't understand how he was really helping other than blowing some bubbles but on the second time round I can see no he's the phone he's supposed to be doing the actions of the phone yeah he's kind of copying the people's movements which I find a little bit creepy to be honest I mean the opening scene is a girl waiting for a friend and then at the end the final scene is that you discover oh that friend was around just around the corner, you couldn't see him because there was a tree in the way. So obviously the phone you would use to text them and ask where they are, and Bubble is supposed to be the phone, so he finds the friend. It's just... See, I, I have to hmm. admit, I didn't pick up on that. When I watched the ad, oh. I felt like 
they could have cut out bubble yeah and the ad would have been the same yeah if like, they just hadn't done that push production they'd like saved themselves a bit of time and not included this animated robot character the ad would have played exactly the same to me it doesn't have a personality like bibby is saying that it's it's a new character it's not a character. There's no character of it. It's just there, like you say. Yeah, to have to be a character, it has to have a personality. Mm. So Bubble has been introduced and devised by the ad agency VCCP. But yeah, I mean, other scenes in it, another scene is Bibble giving directions, you know, while he's on the back of that pizza boy's bike. Another one, he's booking a woman a taxi who's missed her train. And... I'm guessing the bubbles that come out, obviously they signify it's O2, because that's like their thing, bubbles. Oh, didn't pick pick up on that either. I was like, why is, I get that his name is Bubble. Why is he blowing bubbles out of the top of his head? Like, apart from just to justify that that's his name. Yeah, see, this is, this is, on the second or third watch round, it, it makes sense. Because I'm assuming when he's doing his phone stuff, because and then bubbles come out and that's to show that O2 is working yeah I mean I'm having a look into VCCP and I can't see anything too like they don't seem to have a particular style like like in our previous episode we talked about the Lego PSA and the Mm. uh, company that manufactured that advert the um, the Lego one they obviously had their thing which was like making stop motion animation i feel like this company they just make ads like they oh, they, okay. they just make ads they've worked they've got multiple locations around the world like they do london madrid new york prague san francisco singapore and sydney so they're international they've worked for like cadbury um holland and barrett what cadbury one did they do it's never the dairy milk is it yeah, Cadbury Dairy Milk, the originals, um, where there is a lot of elderly people. Oh, okay. I, ha- I have never seen this advert. Yeah, I, th- I guess it's a slightly more emotional ad campaign. I'm going to send you the ad I'm looking at. Oh, okay. And then you can tell me if you've ever seen this before. Okay, I've got it. Let's see. Hmm. A new film from Cadbury Dairy Milk. Yeah, it seems to be about um, elderly people telling their stories. I'm I'm liking it so far, mind. Is this I think this Cadbury's? is better than Bubble. <laughs> this is much better than Bubble. This actually has some, you know, oomph to it and feeling. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's got that kind of like short film feeling where it's very sort of candid, and these people are just telling their stories to camera. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't really feel like an advert. No, and it seems more real. I think the bubble like, advert feels like an advert the second you start it, but you can't just you like you can't really work out what it's advertising. Yeah, like yeah, I mean as a as a mascot, I don't think bubble has enough personality. Yeah, I mean this is probably just because it's a robot. But it reminded me of Brian the robot from the Confused.com ads. Yes. Do you remember that? Um, yes, I and, remember Brian. Yeah, in 2016. And 
while I did not really like the adverts with Brian the Robot at the time, he had a lot more character and personality mm. than Bubble. Yeah, I never really warmed to Brian, but I did find him more endearing because he had his own his own traits. Like he was a bit neurotic and <laughs> but he was kind. Yeah, he had his own character. Yeah, like I could describe what Brian the robot is like as a character. Mm. Whereas Bubble is on that edge where he is just an object. Yeah, it's he seem, it seems like they've animated him so he's cute and that's what they've gone for. They want him to be cute and it's too obvious. Cute is not a personality. No, he doesn't say anything. You know, at one point he gets a bit wet from the taxi. <laughs> yeah, there isn't there isn't a moment in the advert for me where we are supposed to relate to the character of Bubble. Mm. And I think for a character to have that kind of empathy that they were talking about wanting there has to be a moment where we kind of feel sympathy for Bubble yeah because Nina Bibby goes on to say we wanted to create a connection on an emotional level to give an empathetic feel while communicating our message so we created Bubble as that reliable engaging character engaging <laughs> I mean I don't really get but, this yeah. idea of him being a reliable engaging character I suppose in all the scenarios, he's the one that saves the day and that's his reliability. But I think it's it's better than showing them just typing into their phone. I think it's, you know, it's an ad that I'd rather watch over just an, a boring someone's typing into their phone and you get the message that way. It does. It does have something to it. I think unfortunately for them, the cat like Bubble is not the reliable, engaging character that they want him to be. Not yet. I think they failed to introduce him in a way that creates any actual like emotional investment in his character. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so our third news story this week is that the Dutch beer Grolsch has announced its UK return with a £3 million marketing campaign, new packaging and branding, as well as the return of its unique swing top lid bottles. Yes. Grolsch beer. I didn't know that it had swing top lid bottles. I've I've drunk the beer. Oh, have you? Yeah, I I like Grolsch. I think it's I think it's good beer. <laughs> what did you do when they stopped selling it? I didn't know that they'd stopped selling it, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I I drank Rolsch quite a lot when I lived in London because you could get it in all of the corner shops and like the um, European supermarkets quite cheap. But it was always sold in can form, not bottle form. And oh. was like a, a nice, a nice cheap beer as opposed to like getting red stripe <laughs> oh okay you did uh you put a note in about it stopped selling last year basically a lot of the uk supermarkets last year stopped stocking grolsch beer mm. um and i was actually surprised because i don't think i've ever seen it in a uk supermarket I mean, I've I don't really drink, so I I don't think I would have come across it anyway. But it's definitely not like a strong bow, that sort of typical name. No, I didn't realise it was Dutch. I knew it was sunk like European 
of some type. Mm. I didn't realize it was a premium beer either, um, which is, I guess, a thing. I don't really know what that means for it to be a, pr- a premium beer. No, nor do I. I thought it was just expensive. It sounds <laughs> it sounds more posh. That is as far as I know. Yeah, I didn't realize that they'd stopped selling it to be honest, but then I never bought mm. it in a supermarket and the time that I drank it is now in the past. <laughs> mm. Well, they sold the brand initially in 2008 to SAB Miller Group and then they moved to Asahi under the eye of regulators when... Oh my gosh, there's so many words in here that... <laughs> When Anusa Bush Inbev swallowed Saab Miller in 2016. Yeah, so I mean, Asahi make another type of beer, which I have also drunk. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is just the story of all of the beer that I've ever drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like Asahi make uh, like a dry Japanese beer. I'm assuming that this is the same Asahi that make the Asahi beer, but that's like mm. a Japanese beer. Or it's branded as a Japanese beer. Mm. Yeah, apparently they did. They did taste tests, which luckily finished two days before the UK entered lockdown. Yeah, they just missed that like dead time when we were all locked Mm. down and not doing anything, and everything was just hit the fan. Mm. So they've also changed their brand design as well. Yes, it's now the agency outlaw who's in charge of that is it yeah they've kind of done a modern up-to-date version i guess of the grolsch logo which is just kind of the word grolsch written in slightly fancy lettering oh i suppose that's what we're going to be seeing soon in it i mean three million pounds for the marketing campaign they and they've um Wonderman Thompson UK has queued up social media from October 2020 and on video on demand social and digital out of home from the second quarter of 2021. So I'm I'm guessing we're going to be seeing a lot of these ads. Yeah, I'm coming up. It seems as though the sales dropped of Grolsch quite like steadily and to mm. the point when it was recalled in supermarkets and now this is them trying to like push themselves off and relaunch i imagine they'll be able to i mean they're saying once it ups awareness and distribution expect to see it on tv as one of the biggest spenders within the international premium category so they're really getting behind trying to get it back on the shelves and into people's mouths i I'd i'd be mean... surprised either way if it takes off or if it goes under <laughs> But they're putting a lot of money behind it. I don't think it's going to become a massive like household staple. I don't think everyone's going to be mm. buying it after this ad campaign. But I think potentially some people are going to try it and like it. Mm. But who knows? I'm not really an alcohol yeah. drinker. I don't know these spending habits. I didn't realise this, but this is an old company. They've been making, like, Grolsch beer has been around for, like, over 100 years. Oh! Um... Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what these ads are like when they come out. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested mostly because I do like this beer. I wonder if the taste is the same. That is interesting. You'll be our, our taste tester person. <laughs> can I can I fill it as um, business expense? <laughs> yeah, we'll get them to sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, oh. so shall we move on to news story number four? Mm. 
Yeah, this is about Gap. Yeah, their new collaboration with Kanye West amid plummeting sales. So mm. they're kind of like revamping their brand. Yeah, I think we can expect to see Kanye heavy adverts any time now, and I'm actually quite looking forward to them. I, I, I'm not adverse to Kanye West. I quite like him. I, beyond the memes, know very, very little <laughs> about Kanye West. I know he's trying to get into politics now, and there's, there's like a whole scandal about his mental health at the minute. But I am, I don't, I don't like his music, but I do like him. I just, I just don't think I know enough about him. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that he named his child Northwest. I think that is <laughs> hilarious, and maybe not a terrible name. <laughs> no, I mean once you get used to it, it has a ring to it. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of iconic as a name, and he's definitely it is iconic. an iconic person in current media. I think I can see why. This is a collaboration that makes sense. It's a, it's a heavy investment as well. It's a 10-year collaboration. And they've also made the decision to bring its marketing in-house. So, yeah, this is in response to being badly hit by the pandemic. Back in June, it reported a quarterly loss of nearly £1 billion, with sales revenue down by 18%. I mean... Yeah, its namesake brand and Banana Republic are closing more than 225 stores this year. It's yeah, it does seem mm. to be struggling to stay. Yeah, up. they've also got a new chief marketing officer, isn't that right? There's um, yes. Mary Alderette, who is replacing Allegra O'Hare, who left the business uh, after less than a year. And I mean, that seems scandalous. Yeah, there's some there's something going on there. If you leave a high-ranking position like chief marketing officer after less than a year mm. working in it. Yeah, it seems like sort of jumping off the boat before it sinks and you're blamed as the captain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I like Gap. I still regard it as a, a high brand, high street name. They're going to be making Yeezy Gap is the collaboration name that they're going for, I believe, which is going off. It's very original when you consider the, the names of the two brands involved, Yeezy and Gap. Yeah, it's Yeezy Gap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Kanye West's solely owned brand Yeezy is valued at almost three billion, and yeah, like you say, Yeezy Gap. It sounds a bit jarring at first because, like you say, it's a bit like, oh yeah, original, <laughs> but it it goes. I don't really know anything about the brand Yeezy, so I looked into this. And is it would would you say it's accurate to say that the kind of clothing that they make is like? the sort of athleisure wear like it's yeah it's, it's like workout clothes but you kind of know that no one wearing them is wearing them to the gym yeah it's those cycling shorts like kim kardashian is a big model for it and she makes them look good but i think if you were to put his clothes on the average person less so <laughs> I mean, when you've when you've had your body tailored to perfection like Kim Kardashian has, you you'd hope that you make clothes look good, right? Ah, well, she did do that um episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where she she proves she's had nothing done on her bum. How does she prove that? I believe there is some sort of test. They take 
uh, fat from her bum and they test it to see if there's any traces of whatever it is they inject bums with to make them perky. I don't know, but mm. apparently it was sufficient enough to go out on an episode. <laughs> I, I've never watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I mean, even if she hasn't had fillers or implants, she obviously puts a lot of time in her image. So uh, Yeah, well, I mean... It's their full-time job, isn't it, to look good? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, she's basically a model. Mm. But anyway, we digress. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what their adverts are going to be like with Kanye West. I'm interested to see what the clothes are going to be like, if they're going to change, if it's going to be more oh, Yeezy-style yeah. clothing. I'm feeling like very, very chic tracksuits and yoga type legging pant things yeah i'm imagining kanye west's yeezy line but in like an organic cotton bit slouchy style Mm. i mean i kind of like like the sound of that if you want something comfy to wear around the house that you also know is like high quality and made with good materials yeah i'm I am behind that. I won't be behind buying it because I imagine the prices will be absolutely not extortionate, just high end, high street. Yeah, I guess it's that type of thing where it's like, do you really want to pay upwards of 30 quid for a top? That's yeah. A plain top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. Okay, so. Uh, Our next news story is that the ASA has invested in a public campaign to. Rebuild public trust in advertising. This is so ASA is the Advertising Standards Authority and it's promoting its role as a guarantor of legal, decent, honest, and truthful adverts to rebuild the Scottish public's trust in advertising. I mean, the Scots, they're a distrustful people, I see. (laughs) Trying to mask mask my accent. (laughs) (laughs) I know when I read the Scottish, I thought, oh, this is one for Indigo. We'll see what she thinks. Uh, I wasn't aware of people in Scotland being particularly more distrusting of adverts. Um, I think this is an interesting article to be like coming out at the same time as the TikTok one, because that's all mm. about people basically doing false advertising because the platform yeah. is unregulated. And then obviously the Advertising Standards Authority is the platform that regulates adverts for things yes. like TV. Yeah, because one of their points why they they did a lot of um, they did a lot of surveys before they rolled out this campaign, and they found that the pre-campaign research found that among one thousand one hundred thirty-eight Scottish adults and one thousand three hundred ninety-six Brits helped gauge awareness of the ASA, which found awareness levels at fifty-five percent, which is slightly below the UK figure of sixty percent. It's not it's so, not a huge discrepancy. Like it's not really. I I'm kind of impressed that they went to this effort at a 5% difference. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't roll it out to the to the rest of the UK, only Scotland just because of that 5%. Mm. Also, I mean 60% is still pretty low. Yeah. And to be honest, it re- yeah, it reminded me of that KFC advert where they're blurring out the slogan. It just seems to me like no one was really 
No one really took notice. No one was questioning the ASA as far as I'm aware. But they put it on our radar and now I'm thinking, yeah, do I trust them? And to be honest, I'd say yes. What would you say? Um, I mean, like, I know that adverts have to tell the truth. Like, you can't lie in an ad campaign unless you're Nigel Farage. Um... <laughs> the pre-campaign studies also found that Overall, only 51% of adults trust the ASA, with just 6% being distrustful, which that doesn't add up to me anyway, but Scots were a fraction more favourable in their views, with 54% being confident in the regulator. So it doesn't add up to me why it's only being rolled out to the Scots. Yeah, that is a bit weird. It Like, mm. the figures just seem slightly odd i would i it would be really interesting to hear their interpretation of these figures as to as to why it led to them targeting yes. the scottish audiences um yeah because it it sounds like there was like there was a very limited option to pick if so like 51 percent picked yes i trust and then like 43 percent would have picked I don't know, and then 6% picked distrustful, it seems to be. Yeah, I think, if anything, the problem there is not um, the 6% who are distrustful. The problem is the fact that 43% of people taking that survey didn't have an opinion on it. Mm. I think is a bigger problem. Yes, that, that does ring true, because in the, artic- in the whole article from The Drum, because we get a lot of our news articles from the drum it did go on to say how they were trying to target people who didn't know about them as well so that that does make sense yeah i mean let's have a little talk about what the ads actually like consisted of they're quite um yes they follow a theme yeah it's a good theme i'm liking it like they they reference quite a few of these of more iconic ads uh or like you know like the marmite love it or hate it Thing that they've always had I guess it's like their slogan mm. um, they have the ads we keep them in check whether you will love them or hate them on one of their posters along with a jar of Marmite kind of yes I guess it's it's a very simple way of saying this is what we do and look at all of the ads that we know about because this is what we do yeah I, I love it it's sort of like a throwback to what I don't know, is it like breaking down the third wall? It's just really engaging. They've got another one that says, so the ASA regulates all ads, including online. Oh, yes. And then it's the Churchill dog in the corner, but it's not the actual Churchill dog. It's just the, a bulldog. Yeah, just the same type of dog as the Churchill dog. Yeah. Like you say, the posters are really, they're quite simple. It's just a blue background with the text on top and then an image in the corner with the logo. Mm. They're effective. Yeah. It was developed with the Advertising Association's Trust Working Group. The Scottish ad campaign features created by the Leaf Agency and brands such as Audi, Iron Brew and Marmite. So yeah, they must have a whole range of these little reference posters. Mm, I'd like to see the Iron Brew one. Well, to to sum up, I think it's it's interesting that the ASA, like interpreted this data and felt that they needed to do a targeted campaign towards Scotland. But mm. I quite like the ads that they've made. Yes, I like the ads. I think they're witty and they're short and to the point. Yeah. 
And that's my kind of ad. And then I guess to round this up with our last story, something very exciting for fans of Harry Potter. Yay! So this is all about the new Harry Potter video game, or trailer. It dropped on the 16th of September on YouTube from PlayStation. And technically it's an advert because it's promoting the game. But it's called Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy and it's going to be available on the PS5. It's produced by Warner Bros. Game, Port Key Games and The Wizarding World. Have you seen the advert, Indy? I watched the advert and it looks really cool. Like It does. I I think this is the kind of like expanded open world type game set in the Harry Potter world that people have been waiting for, if it lives up yes. to the advert. It is what people have been saying for years while they've been making these EA games on the PlayStation. Because generally they were pretty badly received. They weren't the games that everyone wanted. They were essentially you were just replaying the story of the books. Yeah, it wasn't even so much the books though, was it? Wasn't it just mostly the films and there'd be like some references more to the books? Mm. Peeves was in there. I mean, that's a step up. Yeah, they had they had like some extra things from the books, but I guess they were maybe more like the the characters were designed to look like the live action actors. Yeah. But from this trailer I could see it kind of reminds me of the Sims 3 style of animation. That way of moving. It yeah, it does have a sort of Sims a Sims type like look to the humans in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems to. Yeah, I mean, it's open world, but I imagine they have a loose story because they want you to explore all the different activities. Like you're fighting a dragon at one point and fighting Death Eaters. I think there must be a story rather than it's just like open world, like The Sims. Yeah, I I presume I presume it's got like a loose narrative structure, but you're able mm. to kind of wander around. Something like Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, where there is a story, there is an end goal, but you can also just like go around and explore things at your own pace. Mm. Yeah, I see that. I think that's how it's going to be. But we will see. Yeah, I think I think it looks it looks exciting and I just hope that it lives up to the trailer. I hope so. I mean, it's been like 20 years waiting for a game like this and PS5 seems to have have the tech to be able to deliver it. I feel like the Harry Potter fandom has been waiting for some really good content and they deserve some really good content. Like other mm. fandoms of similar sizes have a lot more going for them in terms of expanded universe. The Fantastic Beasts films didn't quite meet up to expectations. No. The online, what was it? The Wizarding World, Pottermore, Pottermore kind of seemed like it was a disappointment and i i think yeah. you know if you look if you look at the similar fandoms of like star wars and lord of the rings they've got a lot more going for them or even like the witcher i think with the harry potter franchise they have big aspirations but it's just the execution of it never quite lives up to the expectations yeah that's that that is true i definitely think that there is unfortunately a lot of like high expectations Mm. But yeah, I mean, I am looking for... I mean, I won't be able to play it. There's no way I can afford both the PS5 and the game to go with it. (laughs) 
but I look forward to seeing the YouTube videos around it. Yeah, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for when, when it's released, see some of the mm. gameplay online. I'm that will be interesting. not really a PlayStation. I, I've played Harry Potter on the PlayStation 2, but that was the last PlayStation console <laughs> I ever owned. Yeah, so I'm, I've, I've never upgraded from the PS2. I mean, retro gaming is in now. We're fine. It is. <laughs> oh, yes, we should put in a plug now for Jacked, the other podcast that Cherry is involved with, <laughs> which is all about Jack and Daxter on the PlayStation 2, one of the best games ever in my very limited gaming knowledge and opinion. Ah, Indy, you should come on an episode and talk about the game. (laughs) I'll come on and I'll be like, this is the only game I've ever 100%ed in my life. Wow, you 100%ed? I 100%ed the first game of Jack and Daxter. I I never, ever beat the boss in the sequel. (gasps) Oh, Jack 2 was way better though. Yeah, I'm I'm on the boss fight. I my save is still there on my PlayStation oh 2. My goodness. I'm on the boss fight. I got scared and I turned the, the console off. It is intense that boss it's mission. It's really intense. I got really close to beating the boss. I got so close. There was like maybe a millimeter or two left on the health bar. You know what happened? I rolled into the hole in the middle of the floor. (laughs) I didn't even get killed by the boss. (laughs) I fell in a hole. The fact that you remember that, well, I'm assuming it's all these years later. It was traumatic (laughs) because I'd been been working away on that boss battle for like an hour of dying again and again and again. Um... And then, like, the time I got so close and I just fell in that hole in the floor. Like, why is it a donut-shaped room? Oh, Indy, that's tragic. That's so tragic because I know exactly what you mean. I honestly have not played the game since. (laughs) On that tragic note, shall we round off the news? Yeah, on that large tangent, (laughs) this has been the news... Thank you for listening to Fads, the podcast for the fans of the ads. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. You're a scientist. <laughs> <laughs>